Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. I have heard some rather um, disturbing, staggering statistics recently. Did you know that almost 90% of the population in the Bay Area does not attend a Sunday morning worship service as a part of a church family? 90%. That means right now, this moment, the vast majority, 90% of the population in our area are not a part of a church family, are not taking regular play, uh, a part of regular worship in any way, shape, or form. And unfortunately, that statistic kind of holds up almost nationwide. Almost nationwide. In fact, even in the Bible Belt, which think, well, everybody goes to church in the Bible Belt. Even in the Bible Belt, even in the Deep South, only 45% of the population attend church worship regularly. Less than half. Even more so, in recent surveys, 7 out of 10 respondents in America believe that the church is irrelevant. 7 in 10. Barna Research just recently completed research, actually, and um, published a book. Uh, Dan Kinneman, who's one of the top researchers with the organization, among 16 to 29-year-olds, okay, teens and young adults, among 16 to 29-year-olds, only 16% of those who classify themselves as non-Christian, okay, 16% of those who are outside the church, only 16% have even a favorable impression of the church, in fact, out of the top 12 perceptions that non-church people, non-Christians have about the church, of the top 12, nine of them are negative. And out of those nine, among the top of those is the church is too judgmental, the church is hypocritical, and the church is too involved in politics. My question to you this morning is, whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Unless you say it's their fault, they just have misperceptions. In that survey, what they actually found out was that most of those perceptions are rooted in specific stories and personal experiences that those people have had with church. It's not just some generic thing that they've thrown out there. It's because of their own experiences. And I think on the whole, as a church, we have missed and missed greatly the two most basic fundamental things that Jesus gave us when he gave us the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. On the whole, as a church, the church nationwide, maybe even you could say the church worldwide, we have not done a very good job of the two most fundamental things that Jesus told us we're supposed to do. And I wonder, I wonder if we really did love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and really did love our neighbor as ourselves. what kind of perceptions people would have of the church. Because I think that's at the heart of all of this. How else, how else, I want to ask you this morning, how else will that other 90% of the population of this San Francisco Bay Area ever come to know the life that God has for them? How else will they ever come to understand the love that Christ has shown for them by his death on the cross and his resurrection to give them a new life? How else will they know that? How will they know that if they don't see it in you and me? 
And that's been the theme of this last couple of weeks of studies. And it's what we're going to be doing today. And I'm going to give you kind of an abbreviated sermon this morning because the goal is not to sit around here and talk about it. The goal is to go out and do it, to not just go to church, but to be the church. And that, I think, is fundamental to what Christ has called us to do. Simply be the church, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we could do those two things, I think the world would be turned upside down because I believe That there's a world that is starving for that kind of love. Jesus told the story recorded in Matthew chapter 25. He told a number of stories. We've been looking at a lot of them the last couple of weeks. Matthew 25 verse 31. He tells this story. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And he says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. And all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the, what, the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The king prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me and I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? He will reply. I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. He is talking about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. When you love people, you are loving God. And when you love God, you love people. You do them both at the same time. And as we look at this this morning briefly, I just want to just touch on some really important things and then send you out because that's what this weekend is about. It's not about sitting around studying. It's about going out and doing. So when you go, how do you go? How do you love people and God at the same time? One simple word, serve. That's how you do it. That's what Jesus said. This is how you do it. You serve and you serve in the simplest of ways. That is the reoccurring theme through this whole series as we've looked at it over and over again from all these different stories that Jesus told, from all the different perspectives. It was always about little things. A little mustard seed, a little bit of yeast worked into the dough, a little detour off to the side, being faithful in a few things, being faithful in little and being put in charge of more. It is all about little things. Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. These are things anyone can do. 
Anybody can do this stuff. It requires very, very little expertise. You don't have to be an eloquent speaker. You don't have to be a convincing debater. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You don't have to have an MDiv or a THD. You don't need to know all the Hebrew and Greek words for love. And what all their meanings are and how they're all expressed. You don't need to know anything of that. All you need to do is love. Serve. Because quite frankly, we live in a world and in a culture where words mean nothing. Words are suspect at this point. There is so much hype. There is so much spin. There are so many ways that words are parsed and swayed and spun and out. Words mean nothing. Action is what matters. And love is an action. It is the action of serving. And that is simply meeting the need that presents itself before you today. It's that simple. Serving is simply meeting the need that shows up on your doorstep this morning. A meal, a drink, a visit, opening up your home, hospitality. Jesus said, anyone who welcomes a a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Matthew 10, 42. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. It is little things, the simplest of ways. It is simply using what you have to help someone who does not have. And that is serving. We have a lot of different projects that are going on this weekend. We have some people actually who started yesterday working on some of this stuff. Just sorting clothes with Benicia Community Action Council. And I'm sure you kind of ask yourself, is this really doing any good? Is this really making any difference? I mean, I did a couple hours and I sorted clothes. You know, I just moved piles of clothes from one pile to another. Is that really making a difference? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because by sorting through that, you make it more accessible to those who are in need. And some of us this week will touch people's lives directly by serving a meal this evening. And some of us will do it indirectly by maybe preparing that meal or sorting clothes or stuffing backpacks or whatever it might be. The point is, it's the little things. It's the simplest of ways in which in which you serve. And when you do that, that is an expression of God's love. Serve, serve in the simplest of ways and serve in a way that is uncalculating. By that, I have I'm speaking about motives. I think all, all of us, every one of us in this room, struggle with mixed motives. You know, if I can't do it of the purest of, of motives and the purest of heart, then, then does it really count? And, and the truth is, none of us can claim to be totally pure of motive. Only Jesus could do that. We all got mixed motives. What's in it for me? There's always a little bit of that. Will somebody notice? Will I get a pat on the back? Will somebody? We always do that. We all struggle with that, Okay. And in fact, that kind of shows up in the second group. Jesus said to the second group, I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. In other words, you just didn't think it was worth the time or effort. You just didn't bother to do it. He says, because you didn't bother to do it at all, you didn't do it for me. Verse 44, they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? When, Lord, when? It's almost like, you know, they're asking, but nobody told me this was going to be on the test. (laughs) Lord, when? I mean, if we had known it was you, then we would have done it. 
I mean, if we'd known, if we don't know this, it's like, you know, when you were in school and you, you know, when it came up to finals and teacher was reviewing from the, for the school year and you kind of, you're raising, is this going to be on the test? Is this going to be on the final? Because if it's not, I'm not going to bother studying it. It is not about cramming for a final exam, folks. Every one of us knows the difference between trying to just pack our brains with information so we can regurgitate it on a test. And as soon as the test is over, forget it because it doesn't matter to us at all. And the stuff that we really need to learn because it really matters because it's life kind of stuff. Jesus is saying this is life kind of stuff. This isn't about cramming for a final exam. I mean, you can almost hear these guys. It's like, well, if we had known. If we had known, then we would have done it. He says, I'm telling you, when you do it, you're doing it for me. And when you don't do it, you're not doing it for me. It's life lesson stuff. We've all got those mixed motives and and kind of calculating, you know, what's in it for me kind of a thing. And, And I'm saying to you this morning, be aware of that, but don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you. Because if you wait until your, all of your motives are right and pure, you will never do it. You just simply won't. You'll never act. This week, um, Jennifer has been working with um, Vallejo School District. Well, Benicia and Vallejo School District. But one of the contacts over Vallejo School District to, to put together these backpacks for students who can't afford them or don't have them. And it's just a backpack filled with school supplies so they can, so they can go to class and, and participate. And um, so, you know, trying to find out what, what needs to go in the pack and all this stuff. And, okay, so we're going to get the backpacks. We're going to fill them up. We'll, we'll bring them over to you. And he says, well, when do you want to set up the, 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 the presentation ceremony? I said, well, we're not planning on a presentation ceremony. You're not? <laughs> no. We're not doing this for the reward. We're not doing this for the show. We're doing it because this is what God's called us to do. I had someone in our church said, you know, um, this is a great program. I, I love what we're doing as a church. You know, I'm, I'm a writer. I would love to kind of let me put together kind of a press release that we could send out. And I said, sure, that'd be great. So we put together this press release. Really good one. Send it to me. And you know, I kind of made some adjustments, some comments and stuff. And then he changed it, sent it back to me. He says, now just go ahead and send it out. And then I was going to send it out. And all of a sudden I just stopped. And I just thought, well, and I had to email him back and say, I hope you understand. It's not that I don't appreciate all the hard work you put into this. But just for me right now, if I did that, that would just be counter to everything that I believe about what we're doing this weekend. And it's not that you did anything wrong. It's just it's. I can't do it for the press release. I said, I understand completely. It's okay. (laughs) But sometimes that's what we get caught up in the press release. He says, just do it anyway. If you wait until your motives are pure, you will never act. But if you act, God will refine your motives. First John 4.10, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Just act in love and let God complete it. That's what he's saying. If we will do this, God will take care of the perfecting of it. See, the thing that I have discovered is God doesn't just use his people to complete projects. God also uses projects to complete his people. That's how God works, his economy. He doesn't waste a thing. And when you step out and you do it without calculation, without press release, without any other purpose except to do what God has called us to do, you grow. 
you change. Your life is transformed. Serve in a way that's uncalculating and serve as if you were serving Jesus himself because that's what he says. Learn to see Jesus in everyone around you. Now, that might be a little tough to wrap your brain around because you look at some of these people and say, well, they don't look like Jesus at all. (laughs) Jesus has his act together. You know, how can I see Jesus in this person? But look at what he says. I tell you the truth, whatever you've done to one of the, for the one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Not it's just like you did it for me. He says, you did it for me. And whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Would we treat people differently? Would we act? Would we serve people differently if we saw that we were serving Jesus? I think so. I think so. I love what John Ortberg said. Every human being you see is a cleverly disguised receptacle of eternity. And that is true. That is true. It is true of everyone you encounter in your life. God has placed you where he has placed you. And he has placed the people around you where he has placed them. And it is all for his kingdom's sake. He has put you there on that job, in that neighborhood, at that school, doing those leisure activities with that group of people. He put you there for a purpose. And he put them there for you to serve and to minister to. Because when you start treating people and start seeing people like Jesus, people begin to see Jesus in you. That's how it works. This last week, I went over to um, Cornerstone Equestrian Center because one of the projects we're doing is building um, a new platform, a new stage, um, so the handicapped kids can get on the horses because they can't, you know, put their foot in a stirrup and pull themselves up. And so they needed a new mounting platform. And and so I went there to to kind of take measurements because we were going to figure out, you know, how much material we needed and all of that. And I was talking to one of the directors there. And um, and, and what's what's really been cool is that since the ministry fair like three weeks ago, people have signed up to help on a regular basis, you know, to lead the the horses around in the parade ring uh, with the kids on it, to help kids, you know, just get on it. And, And the director was saying to me, she said, I am so impressed with your church. I said, well. That's always good to hear. (laughs) She said, the people that have come from your church here are quality people. They haven't come with agendas. They haven't come to tell me how to do things. They've just come and they've said, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. And they've been doing it faithfully for three weeks now. I said, you know what? I said, we're just kind of learning how to stop talking about stuff and doing it. And she said, well, you know what? I would go to a church like that. I think if we see people as Jesus and see our service as serving him, people will begin to see Jesus a little bit clearer in our lives. And that's what it's about. You play a unique role in what God's doing in this world. You really do. And it's about bringing his kingdom to come here. A little bit of his kingdom here on earth. So that the kingdom of this world would become the kingdom of our Lord. That's what this is all about. And we do it not just by talking about it, but by doing it, by serving. Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Ultimately, it is him that you are serving. And Jesus said to his disciples... As the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. Would you bow your heads with me?
How do you love God and love people? Quite simply, you serve them. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. Today, you will touch lives. Some of you directly, some of you indirectly. But as you serve, you will be touching lives. And as you do, you are not only showing love to people, you are showing your love to God. Love God. Love his people. It's as simple as that. If you're here this morning, maybe you consider yourself a a seeker. It's your first time here. You're here because you want to know a little bit more about this life that God has for you. I want to be really, really clear. We don't do this because we are earning points with God. We don't do this because we're trying to get our place into heaven by doing a lot of good stuff. That is not why we do it. Christ has already done for us what we couldn't do. He has already paid a price for us. He has already loved us in a way that no one has ever loved you before. And what we do in response to that is to turn around and love others. And if you're here this morning and you've never taken part in that life and you don't understand that, but you're saying to yourself, that's the kind of life I want to get in on. That's the kind of love I want to experience. You can do that this morning in a very simple prayer, acknowledging your need. Lord, I've been pretty much living for myself. It hasn't got me very far. I've made mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. I've done things I'm not proud of. I need your forgiveness. I need your restoration. I need the life that you have for me. And today, I take a step of faith. I put my life in your hands. Let me experience that life you have for me. Lord, You have loved us in a way that we could not possibly imagine. And all you've called us to do is extend that love to those around us. Sometimes we do better at it than others. But our prayer is that you would do that work in our hearts. That opens our eyes to see people like you do. And to love them as if we were loving you. And to serve them as if we were serving you. And to learn what it really means to love you with all of our heart. With all of our soul. With all of our mind and all of our strength. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. For that we ask for your transforming work in our lives. And your power and enabling to live it out. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.